0: Welcome to episode 208 of Live Happy Now. I'm your host, Paula Phelps, thanking you for joining us today. We all know that summer is right around the corner, and that means many of us are thinking about how to change our bodies for swimming pool season, but not so fast. Today's guest is an author, life coach, and podcast host who says changing your body, or anything else you're not happy with in life, is really about changing your mind. Susan Haya is author of the book, Bear, as well as host of the Bear podcast and founder of the online community, Bear Daily. She focuses her work on helping people learn how to treat themselves with love, care, and respect, and to focus on the things that really matter in life. Susan talked with me about her book and how we can use these principles to change anything that's not working for us. Susan, I'm really excited to talk to you today. So first of all, thank you for coming on the show. Thank
1: you so much for having me. I am thrilled to be here. When I first heard about BEAR, actually your
0: publicist approached me and the first thing I said was, well, we don't do topics like dieting and weight loss. And she's like, that is not what this is about. And so I think a lot of times when people see this, that might Mm -hmm. be instantly what they go to. So can you talk about what BEAR is?
1: Sure. And it's a great question and I'm actually glad to hear that as a podcast host, you have that kind of boundary because what BEAR is is a diet disruptor. So I am all about that this is a life gain program and not a weight loss program because, I mean, quite honestly, I am a mother. I have two kids, an 18-year-old daughter and a 20-year-old son, and I became passionate about this work because when my daughter was in the fourth grade, she came home at 10 years old and said, hey, mom, every girl at the cafeteria table today said that she was on a diet. They made a pact to not eat their lunches and go on a diet together. And she said, that's messed up, right? Gosh (laughs) How How old did you say she was? She was 10 at the time.
0: Oh, my gosh.
1: Yeah. And I was already doing this work, but it made me even more passionate to spread this message because you know, a a cafeteria table full of nine and 10 year old girls are getting the idea from somewhere, from culture at large, from family, from now their peers, that their bodies aren't okay. And bear is a process to bring a girl or a woman home to herself. And that the way she is appearing today is enough.
0: And this isn't about how much you weigh. It's about how you feel about how you look. But we've become obsessed on it being this certain number or the certain size that we need to be.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, can
0: you explain how that's not even what's, what's really driving us?
1: Exactly. So, you know, from, um, television and magazines and social media, girls and women are bombarded with the messaging that thinner is better and that our worth is based on our appearance And the skinnier you could be or the younger you could appear, that in our culture is more valued. And so the actual number on the scale honestly has nothing to do with what a girl or a woman's mind says about that number. And so when I get clients who say they want to lose weight, my number one question is why? And when they answer that question, it's typically so that they could feel a certain way. Well, I'll feel more confident or I'll feel sexier or, you know, fill in the blank. And with Bear, it's like, okay, well, let's help you feel that way already without needing the scale number to be something different than what it is.
0: Yeah. And I love that because you right off the bat say that this is not we're going to be happy when. We reach this. And can you talk about how you say it's actually the reverse?
1: It is actually the reverse. So every time we say, when I lose the 10 pounds or when I make X number of dollars or, you know, when I have that spouse or partner, I'll start living, I'll be happy. When we start saving our life for someday, and usually that someday is for girls and women, unfortunately, weight related we rob ourselves of opportunities. We rob ourselves of experiences. We rob ourselves from the life we're supposed to be living. And instead of shrinking our bodies, what ends up happening is we start shrinking our lives. And that's why I say this is a life gain program, because, you know, that magical day never, never comes. And when I work with clients and they do lose some weight, it's really interesting to see how that typically is just a byproduct of feeling great, going after what they want. You know, if their body needs to release some weight, then fine, but it's not a prerequisite for feeling amazing.
0: And when it's not done healthily or properly, now once they achieve that goal, there's a whole nother set of pressures to maintain it.
1: Oh my God. I know I get so many clients actually who have lost the weight they wanted to lose, but they're white knuckling their lives now because they're terrified that, you know, one false move and I'm going to gain that weight back. And so they, they set up these rules for living that cause them to be miserable. And it's just kind of like, you know, helping them see that, life is so much more than a meal plan and a workout routine.
0: Absolutely. And, and how difficult is it for us to build a life that we love if we are focusing so hard on something like, you know, whether it's losing weight or making more money or whatever that is, what does that do to our life? As you said, we shrink it. Mm-hmm. Um, how, how difficult is it for us to create a life we love?
1: Oh, my. Well, so, you know, there there may be people listening that say, oh, but I know somebody who's shredded and ripped and she has a great life. Well, that's yes. Uh, Of course, there are people who are living their best lives and who look and feel amazing at the same time. That's, you know, the bare process. But there are also, you know, probably 95 percent of those people are shredded On the outside and the inside, they are literally shredding their peace of mind so that they can post a picture of their six pack. There actually is a prominent woman in health and fitness that I was so delighted yesterday to see on her social media, Shailene Johnson. Oh, yeah. Yeah, she posted you have to, everyone has to go look at her Instagram because she posted a before and after and her before and after was her before was when she was at her fittest and her after is today. And she's still, let's face it. She still has a, you know, an amazing physique, but she was like, listen, this woman on the left was miserable. And in order to sell health and diet stuff, often In this industry, we do extreme things so that we can post pictures like this. And she was like, I was hungry and miserable. And I was like, Thank you. Thank you for the honesty because so many girls and women look up to people who are stars in the health and fitness world and think that's what I need to strive to be. And more of us need to be saying, Listen, if you are spending all of your time trying to achieve that, you are not putting your focus and energy onto things that are actually going to expand and improve your life in a real way. And and I'm someone who loves to run and cycle and work out and all those things, but it's not the focus of my life. And my happiness depends on the mental health benefits I get from it, but not what my body does as a result of that. Right.
0: And, And you also talk about how willpower is not the answer, because I think so oftentimes we beat ourselves up if we miss a goal and we say, well, if I just had more willpower, if we just were better at this, then, then that would work for me. Um, if, why is willpower not the answer?
1: Well, I would like every listener to really think about everything they do in their daily lives, whether it's running kids around or taking care of aging parents or doing well at the office. You know, we do so much that requires so much willpower. So it's really this myth that if you just had more willpower, you could have that body. What I have come to realize in my work is that women don't need more willpower. They need more pleasure in their lives. And while we're so busy doing the whole no pain, no gain thing, we're leaving behind what our body is wired for and needs on a daily basis, which is pleasure. And there's all different kinds of pleasure And all different kinds of ways to infuse your day with pleasure that don't require a whole lot of time, a whole lot of money. And if we focus on that, there's no need for any more willpower.
0: Okay, this isn't just about food and dieting because it's about relying on alcohol or binge watching Mm -hmm. television or doing any other habits that aren't good for us. Mm -hmm. But sometimes we feel like that's what gives us pleasure. So now when you have a client that comes in and it's like, yes, you need more pleasure in your life. And they're like, great, I'm going to drink more. (laughs) No, that's not. Cause so how do we take these things that we feel work in the short term and break out of these routines and find what really gives us pleasure in life?
1: That's such a great question. And you're absolutely right. My clients are like, hot damn, I'm going to eat this whole box of donuts. Thank you, Susan Hyatt. (laughs) And it's like, You have to really think about what truly gives you pleasure, like what's truly nourishing and like a donut, you know, using food and alcohol is a, is an easy, quick fix for most people, which is why we're even having this discussion. So it's like outside of food and alcohol, yes, your food should be pleasurable. Absolutely. But outside of food and alcohol, what are things that give you pleasure? And I talk about diversifying your pleasure. If you ask yourself what you're really craving, it could be comfort, which is where a lot of binge eating comes into play. But there are other things that you could do for pleasure. You might need physical touch and intimacy. You might need some straight up fun with friends. You might need intellectual stimulation. That was actually the answer to my 35 pound weight loss, believe it or not, was I was dealing with little kids and not having enough fun. And I was getting all of my entertainment from food and alcohol. And when I really sat with myself and asked myself what I really needed, I realized I was just so bored And I needed some adult interaction, some intellectual stimulation. And once I realized that and started feeding that and building my business and doing things that like really challenged me and a good, at a deep cellular level, all of a sudden, you know, that wheel of breed didn't seem so enticing because I had other things that were lighting me up. And so, yes, you can have a glass of wine. Yes, you can have a donut. But that can't be the only way that you give your body some pleasure and the body is wired for pleasure and all sorts of practical things happen when you honor that, like hormones balancing, metabolism speeding up, you know, the brain's able to communicate to the rest of the body, all systems go, sleep regulates, all those things. But we, we think we need to pop pills and eat and do all these things that actually disrupts our systems even more.
0: How do you go about helping someone identify what gives them pleasure? Because I, when I know I'm off balance is when someone says, what do you do for fun? And I can't answer that question immediately. It's like, hang on, hang on. I got this. <laughs> but, <laughs> Let me think. You know, um, get, you know, we get caught up in, in our work and our other to do's instead of to be kind of mm-hmm. situation. So how do you help someone identify what, what gives them pleasure?
1: Well, it's interesting that you brought up that question because when I go to parties and things and people are like, so what do you do? I like to ask instead, what do you do for fun? And most people are like, what? Like, what do you mean? (laughs) You know, they're like, what do you mean? And so the first thing that I do is I ask them in terms of their free time, like what are they doing? How are they spending their time? And that usually is a, a hint as to what kind of pleasure they're really seeking. So if somebody says, and listen, I'm not against a good Netflix binge, but if somebody says what they do for fun is binge watch Netflix, you know, that's typically an escape or a comfort thing. Or, you know, if they are, if they are talking about shopping, you know, that's typically an entertainment or a fun, you know, they're looking for some more fun. And so I explain to them the different kinds of comfort you could be seeking. And like, where do you think you're lacking even like spiritual pleasure, you know, connection to your higher power? That is usually a big one that most of us are lacking. Like, do you have a practice of prayer or meditation or some kind of connection to what's bigger than you and helping them figure out like, Most people are like, wow, I don't know. And so it's going through each category and then challenging them to give it like just five minutes out of your day, you know, five minutes of going out and getting some vitamin D and sitting in the sun or five minutes of just sitting with yourself and hearing what your mind is telling you can be revolutionary for most people who are so busy just going through the motions of their day. But why is it so
0: hard for us to learn how to do that? Because we have this conversation about, oh, we need to meditate. We need to meditate Mm -hmm. more. I should Mm -hmm. be doing this. Mm -hmm. And it's I have the five minutes, but maybe I'm going to use it in a different way, even though I know that sitting down and and breathing and being still with myself is going to be much more beneficial. Mm -hmm. What is it about us that that makes us respond that way?
1: Well, I think there's a couple of different things. One is our culture at large doesn't value it. So we're kind of taught like all the messaging is like to be productive, to get stuff done, to, you know, no pain, no gain. So there's just, we're just indoctrinated with valuing productivity above all else in the U S especially. And then secondly, Typically, when people it's not part of their practice, even though they intellectually know, like it would be really good for me to slow down. Ha ha ha. There's a (laughs) lot of discomfort that comes up, uncomfortable feelings that people don't know how to deal with. And and I spend so much time with clients saying, listen, a feeling state is not going to kill you like you just sitting there and acknowledging I'm feeling lonely is not going to kill you, but we try to stuff it down and use food and alcohol typically to do those things. So I think one of the biggest reasons is we're not taught how to just sit with discomfort and that it's okay. And I mean, especially in my industry, in the self-help industry, Most life coaches are spending their time like, let's pull you out of that negative feeling space immediately. (laughs) And honestly, there's a lot of benefit to just acknowledging and processing those feeling states because they're all here to tell us something. So if you're angry, great. Let's see what anger has to teach you and then move into some practices to help get you out of that. But for me, I was resisting boredom at all costs. And then when I really was like, okay, this is not going to kill me. And let me figure out what I need instead.
0: Parade Magazine had some really nice things to say about your book. And I love that they said this is the perfect book for anyone who wants to master the art of de-stressing.
1: Oh, and yay, Parade. <laughs> yeah,
0: we all want to de-stress. So why is that so difficult?
1: How long you got? Because I think our central nervous systems are constantly in shock. I mean, I think that in our culture, we are so used to now that stress just being part of everything we do. And it doesn't have to be that way. Everything from commuting to what's happening in the workplace to when we turn on our TVs and see what's happening in politics and the news, it's just sensory overload all the time. So that has become our normal. And so then when we make these suggestions, like maybe you should just sit in the sun for five minutes, people are like, what the hell are you talking about? Like, I don't are crazy? right. Are you crazy? But honestly, in the work that I've done, some of the tiniest, my friend, Laura calls it simple, but significant moves. Some of the the smallest little moves can make a huge impact on your quality of life. So something as little as, you know what, on my drive to work, I'm just going to do it in silence and turn the radio off can, can absolutely have a domino effect on someone's life that is quite amazing. So I think that when we think about, you know, why is this so difficult for me? I think part of it is the lack of willingness to feel uncomfortable for a little while. That
0: makes perfect sense. And your book is so helpful in, in many different ways, but you also, also, you also offer the Bear Manifesto, which mm-hmm. outlines some of the things that we should say no to and what we should say yes to. Now, mm-hmm. we are going to offer a downloadable poster of that from our webpage, but mm-hmm. until, they, until they can get to that, can you give me like, three things that you hope the people listening today will say yes to?
1: I hope they say yes to the possibility that they could stop dieting and gain a better life. I know many people listening are like, I don't trust myself without a plan. So I just hope that you're open to that possibility. And I hope that you'll say yes to complimenting girls and women on something other than their appearance. So- Saying yes to like, hey, that was a great idea in the staff meeting today instead of like, I love that dress. There's nothing wrong with complimenting a woman's appearance, but like, let's stay committed to complimenting girls and women on their intellect and on their abilities and on their kindness. And I hope that they say yes to movement. So, dropping the transactional relationship between your body and exercise, meaning I'm only going to exercise if I have JLo's booty by Friday, and say I will move my body no matter what because I get some mental health benefits from that.
0: That was Susan Hyatt, author of the book Bear. If you visit us at livehappynow.com, We'll tell you how to join her online community, where to find her podcast, and we'll also give you a link to a free downloadable print of her Bear Manifesto. We hope that you're already a subscriber to Live Happy Now, but if you're not, you can find us on the Pandora Podcast Network, Spotify, SoundCloud, Stitcher, iTunes, and Google Play. Just look for us on your favorite platform, hit subscribe, and then you'll never miss an episode. That is all we have time for this week. We'll meet you back again here next week for an all new episode. And until then, this is Paula Phelps reminding you to make every day a happy one.